0: Got the no-quarterback blues. We're afraid that we're going to lose against the Pittsburgh Steelers. When are we are going to get a quarterback? It's happening again, Joel. No-quarterback blues. Again. It's happening again to us, man. We got the blues. The no-quarterback blues.
1: That's That's Elliot Elliot. with the No Quarterback Blues bringing us into the show today. And why do we have the No Quarterback Blues? We have the No Quarterback Blues because, in case you're living under a rock or abducted by aliens, Deshaun Watson has been placed on season-ending IR with a shoulder injury that I don't understand.
0: Elliot, do you have any thoughts on this? Well... Yeah, I do. I think injuries are part of the game. Um, I would like to point out that on this show, we have lectured the Browns over and over again that they really need to have three quarterbacks on the active roster in order to survive the season. Um, They did have three quarterbacks, and it would have have been even a good idea to sign a fourth quarterback to the practice squad, uh, which by the way, we published, or I published, I should say with guidance from you on October the 29th, 2023, you know, what happens if we get another injury? Because we knew that the Sean Watson was not completely healthy. And mm-hmm. so it just made perfect sense that we should have been looking for another quarterback on the practice squad. We've got 16 spots on the practice squad. It doesn't take that much. It's not that huge of a sacrifice in order to identify a spot there. It's really kind of a brainless decision to at least hire somebody that you can train in the rudiments of the offense. The Browns, like other teams in the NFL, need to try to be a quarterback factory and have quarterbacks available that are trained in the rudiments of the Browns' offense, and they didn't do it. Now, suddenly, we're down to two quarterbacks, and there is no practice squad quarterback to promote to become the number three quarterback. Mm. So, I don't know. Go ahead, Elliot. Well, I mean, the injury is something that is not – You know Nothing can be done about the injuries, but you could have prepared for it a little better by at least getting a contingency plan in place should there be an injury to Deshaun Watson. I mean, the guy's had two ACL surgeries in his career, and we knew that his shoulder was bothering him. It might not have been something as dramatic as a broken bone in his shoulder, but it was very foreseeable that he might miss time. And they needed to have another quarterback. We just went through this with San Francisco last season in the playoffs. They missed a trip to the Super Bowl because they had no emergency number four quarterback. Otherwise, they might have won that game. Might have gone to the Super Bowl instead of Philadelphia. But no, they didn't have a number four quarterback. And they were just stuck. They just had no offense. and It was a sham of a game. Philadelphia went instead of them. Um What does it take to learn this lesson? You need to prepare for injuries in advance. Quarterback is the most important position. You can win ugly games if you have a very good defense. You don't need to be throwing the ball all over the ball yard, and you can still win. Pittsburgh Steelers are a case in point. They don't have a super fantastic quarterback. They've been outgained in every game that they've played, and they still have a winning record.
1: Yeah, that's... Kind of what part of the Browns have been. I was trying to look up free agent quarterbacks, but let, let's focus on Deshaun Watson for a second. So apparently he suffered this injury in the second quarter. And apparently this injury is supposed to be super painful, blah, blah, blah. And he comes out in the second half and goes 14 for 14 and leads the Browns to a victory. So I want to give credit where credit is due to Deshaun Watson. I mean, he came out, he played, he balled out. So the last thing I want to hear from anybody ever again is this lazy, not going to cuss lazy rear intake that we hear all the freaking time, all the elephant time we're listening to Deshaun Watson's got to get back to some kind of form that he had in Houston. Crap. Okay. I I don't want to hear it anymore. You know, when I was 28, I wasn't working to get back to look like what I did when I was 24. I was trying to play football at 28, you know, I mean, I don't didn't play football at 28, but I was trying to live my life at 28. Deshaun Watson has come out and proved in against the Tennessee Titans against Baltimore Ravens that he is on target healthy can play and can beat you as a quarterback period so the narrative that Deshaun Watson has to go out and shake off the rust and and get back to some Houston form is just crap it's lazy it's lazy right up there with the lazy takes of here's how many quarterbacks the brands have had since 2000 from whenever the last time I was rational you know it's it's just stupid. It's just stupid. Deshaun Watson is your your franchise quarterback, and the fact that he's hurt is devastating to this season. With Deshaun Watson healthy playing as Deshaun Watson plays, this team legitimately had a chance to win the Super Bowl. Now we're screwed.
0: Well, I you know, let me push back on you on that. Um teams have won. The Super Bowl with backup quarterbacks before
1: yes they this have has oh, happened
0: you know G- did Jeff Hostetler win the Super Bowl for the New York Giants I think he did uh, I and uh, you know I pointed out that the San Francisco 49ers might well have done it with a rookie the number seven uh, draft pick Brock Purdy last season but they didn't have a replacement for him uh, last year in the playoffs because they didn't think it was necessary. And if they could have had just anybody uh, you know stand in for him, hand the ball off, they could have probably, or at least possibly competed with Philadelphia and won that game and gone to the Super Bowl. And gotten Man. somebody healthy and it doesn't matter who they could have had. you know anybody probably would have had a puncher's chance to lead the 49ers to a victory if they could have just gotten to the Super Bowl because they're that talented at the other positions. Quarterback being the most important position in football, but not the only position in football. Sometimes I think we lose sight of that fact. Mm-hmm. So I I don't think I don't think that the Browns offense is really all that good, frankly. I think that the team is led by Miles Garrett and the defense. The defense has consistently played at a championship level. That's why the Browns are in contention is because the defense has been the best unit on the field in every game that they've played. And the offense, frankly, has given away points, uh, you know, pick sixes and fumbles and just three and outs. And that's why the Browns uh, have less than a perfect record. They Otherwise they'd be the number one team in football.
1: Well, I'm, I'm going to agree with most of what you just said. Most of what you just said. Um, you know, the Browns are a defensive football team at this point and they need to embrace that identity. Okay. The part I'm going to disagree with is the Deshaun Watson that played against Tennessee and the Deshaun Watson that played against Baltimore. To me, that's Deshaun Watson. You put Deshaun Watson with that defense. Okay. That is a team that can play and win the Super Bowl, In my opinion, a very they credible have
0: combination.
1: They, they can make that happen. Now you're looking back at like, okay, now that our offense has basically just gone to mush because what we had just hasn't materialized one way or for one reason or another, Deshaun Watson's been hurt. Now we're looking at, okay, well, the Steelers won the Super Bowl with a rookie quarterback. And, you know, Tom Brady, I don't think he was a rookie, but I mean it was
0: his first year starting, you know. He's a second year player.
1: Second year player, first year and starting.
0: He- and he wasn't really that fantastic, to be honest right. with you. If you right. think so, back, he wasn't that great as a second-year player, but he did the job. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, they won the Super Bowl right. with the second-year player, and it wasn't that a cute story? But
1: so it wasn't. It wasn't to me. There's a difference between having a franchise quarterback that can go 14 for 14 and lead, lead your team to a victory in the second half, keep the offense on the field, moving the ball. And a rookie in there trying not to make mistakes and do something mm. dumb to lose you a game. Well, there's a complete but, difference in that those two scenarios. But
0: it's not a complete difference because Deshaun started the game off by doing something. I won't say that it's dumb, but he had something bad happen to him. He did throw a complete six to start things off, and so he wasn't mistake free.
1: Well, right. Uh, well, you throw the ball over a guy who's six four to start with, who has amazing leaping ability. I mean, I'm an Notre Dame fan. I know who Kyle Hamilton is. I've watched him do this for years oh, at Notre Dame. Okay, you're not throwing that ball over his head. You're just not. So he should have just grounded it or held on to it. But yeah, he Kyle thought he Hamilton could throw it. Is. Had he actually gotten that over Kyle Hamilton's hands, that ball is going out of bounds. It's going nowhere near you know, David <laughs> yeah. Njoku.
0: Okay. So, so anyway, let me ask this question. Deshaun Watson doesn't have to play perfect. He just what has is- to play Deshaun Watson football. What if the Browns' offensive staff in August of 2023 was right? What if Dorian Thompson Robinson is at least as good as Joshua Dobbs, and Joshua Dobbs is a winning NFL quarterback? What if they're right? Well, we're going to find that out. Yeah, well, it's not, it's not ridiculous. It does not violate any laws of physics that the Browns – coaching staff might have made that correct judgment and if that's the case then they have a puncher's chance to have a winning football team they can make playoffs. who knows what can happen i don't know what's going to happen before we get too far into this ellie before we get
1: too let's take our break and come back and let's talk about the browns quarterback room how's that sound that sounds great All right, guys, on the other side of the break, guys, gals, children, ladies and gentlemen, whoever's listening to the show, thank you for listening. Uh, After the break, we will get into where do the Browns go from here, what does the offense look like, and what does the quarterback room look like? So hang on after the break. And we're back. Elliot, you were bringing up an interesting question about Dorian Thompson-Robinson, and just a little bit of background for those of you out there. No more than Deshaun Watson was announced to be put on the disabled list or an injured reserve. Excuse me, I'm using baseball terms. The season-ending
0: <laughs> injured reserve. Same thing. Kevin
1: Stefanski comes out and says, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is going to be our quarterback, which I think is the right move. We don't have to get Agreed. into that. Agreed. But, Elliot, you had an interesting question, so let's go back to your question.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think that, you know, they might have, in my opinion, Opinion, They might have panicked a little bit when he had a bad game against Baltimore because a lot of quarterbacks have bad games against Baltimore, and they felt that they needed to bring in the veteran uh, to take his place. After one game, they benched DTR and said, okay, uh, P.J. Walker, you're up. You're our man, and P.J. has not played well. Now, they managed to win and, you know, some people interpret that as, oh, okay, look, you know, P.J.'s got this mystique and he's led the offense and that's why they're winning because he's the quarterback. And, no, the reason why they are winning games, same reason why Pittsburgh Steelers win games with a lousy offense is because great defenses allow you to win ugly football games. Mm-hmm. And so that's why the Browns can win with P.J. Walker or, you know, and they can win with you know, a lot of mistakes on offense and get away with it. But I still think that it's very possible that they made the correct judgment on uh, DTR. And the reason why I think so is that if you look back on his career, he has all of the hallmarks of a guy who should be able to transition quickly into the NFL. Now, there's a lot of, you know, people that wanted uh, guys to... Transition. LA, 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 let me jump in. Me, one LA, year of college ball and stuff like that. LA, let me jump know, in here real quick. Let me yeah, jump
1: in real quick. I want to address something before you move on to the next part of this. The the decision to not go with Dorian Thompson Robinson as opposed to PJ Walker. Let, let's revisit that. Right. Yes. Deshaun Watson practices the whole week. Takes all the first starting reps. Yes. Right. Deshaun yes. or uh, DTR maybe takes the second reps, which aren't much. This is the NFL. Right. Um, so he's really not ready to play the game. Watson goes down. Stefanski's upset because he knows his game plan is screwed because he devised a game plan for Deshaun Watson. Watson. And now you have DTR who hasn't practiced. You don't have a game plan for him, and you're throwing him in there to the fire, which is really an unfair situation for DTR, especially given it's the fourth game of the season, and he does need to figure out how to be a professional quarterback. So that's why you go to P.J. Walker, because you think, Okay. P.J. Walker's the veteran. He can come in. He understands football. He understands the NFL can, can run through a few weeks until Deshaun Watson returns. Okay. That's the key. You just want your backup to keep the team afloat until the guy returns. Move ahead to this situation. Watson's not coming back. That's it, baby. He's gone. So we can cry all we want about it, but he's not coming back. So, Now the situation is we have Dorian Thompson Robinson. He's this is his 11th week in the NFL. It's time for him to take the reins. It's time for him to show why we drafted him and why we stuck with him. You're going to create a game plan for him. You're going to give him an opportunity to be successful. I promise you the Browns are going to run the football and they're going to run the football, run safe passes, maybe take some deep shots, but this is going to look like trestle ball. And it's going to look exactly what Pittsburgh did with Roethlisberger when he was a rookie. It's going to look exactly what New England did with Brady when he was in the second year. You're going to run, 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 throw play action passes, and yes. let your defense win the football game.
0: But anyway, I digress. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to say was that there are guys like um, Trey Lance and Zach Wilson that 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 uh, for whatever reason the draft community. Had these fantasies that they would be able to go to the NFL, play. Yeah, that's a fantasy. With with very little college experience. But DTR had five years of college experience because remember he played in the COVID era. Yep. And uh, he had uh, um, five years of starting experience, did very, very well, graduated from college And, you know, if you remember the Bill Parcells criteria about what he wants from a starting quarterback, he filled every criteria set up by Bill Parcells. He has much better preparation in college than any of these whiz kid guys that only had like a year and a half of actual college ball before they were thrown to the wolves in the NFL. So I think there's a very good chance that DTR is much better prepared than some of these other quarterbacks that just really had... um, uh inadequate preparation that's the word i'm looking for that's mm-hmm. not dtr dtr is not inadequately prepared he has had Correct. plenty of preparation he's a year older than the average quarterback that comes out because he was in college a year longer with an extra year of eligibility
1: with a former professional football coach and
0: yes. coach yes and he and yeah they say that well you can't run that that's stuff in the NFL. Well, they did run it in the NFL, and they actually won football games with it. If you recall, mm-hmm. with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles.
1: Yeah, Chip Kelly just kind of got in his own way.
0: Yeah, well, that's true too. He, he had some, uh, how should we say, per- rough edges to his personality. That yes,
1: yes, he he got in his own way. Yeah. So I good. I just think I think the Browns are going to have to look a lot more. And I hate to say it this way, but it, it's what it is. They've got to look a lot more like the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Baltimore Ravens where you're running the football, you're being safe, you're not doing anything stupid, and you're letting your defense take control of the game.
0: Yes. Yeah, I think so. You're not going to do as many things as Deshaun Watson. It's not going to be just like having Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be as good as Deshaun Watson, but uh, that doesn't mean that you can't win. And a perfect example of that is the Steelers, You know, we thought at the beginning of the season, you and I, that the Pittsburgh Steelers had an excellent chance to steal away with the, uh, pardon the pun, with the division because they had one of the best defenses. We thought all along that the Browns and the Steelers had the best defenses and all the talk was about Cincinnati and um, Baltimore because they had all these great wide receiving threats and they do, but Cincinnati does. Well, they Baltimore has uh personnel that were hired to catch long distance passes, let's put it that way. Okay. We think that there's a mismatch there, Joel, and I do that that maybe that's not the the best match to the skills of their quarterback. Nevertheless, absolutely. Nevertheless, the buzz was there that oh my gosh, look out for the Ravens this year, they're gonna be an offensive juggernaut. Well, it may not yeah. actually be that way. They Both Cincinnati and Baltimore, <laughs> excuse me. They kind of abandoned that plan after week three. Yeah, Baltimore but, but, did. but it's too late because they let both of them lost guys from their defensive secondary, and they weren't quite as tough on defense as they were last year, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I agree. That, that hurts them a little bit. But Pittsburgh is every bit as difficult on defense as they've ever been. And what about Cleveland? Cleveland is very tough on defense. A lot of the points that the Browns have given up have actually been scored by the Browns' offense, you know, pick Mm -hmm. sixes and fumbles and the like. But the Browns' defense has given up very few points this season. And I think that those those ugly victories, so-called, in other words – wins that occur because of uh, the defense triumphing over the other team, even though the offense doesn't perform at a high level. We call Mm -hmm. that ugly football. I think it's actually quite beautiful. Myself, I'm a child of the 1970s. (laughs) I grew up with that kind of stuff. I like it. And uh, there's no shame in it. And I think it's very possible that the Browns could learn to live with it if the you know i'm hoping that the coach can adapt and be okay with playing defensive football and not having an anxiety attack if we don't score 30 points every game of course we have been scoring 30 points for the past- well i mean i'll say this
1: you know this this is what two teams in afc north have done right they play defense and run the football in the steelers and the ravens and those two teams have dominated this division for a long time Okay. Bengals have come out with their let's throw it all over the yard and they've done pretty good with it. But I mean, once you give up on your defense, the question is which I think the Bengals have given up on their defense. I mean, once you uh, put your defense in a hole, can you still outscore your opponents? And the Bengals have come on because Burrow has come on, but they just lost to the Texans because they couldn't hold them, they couldn't stop them.
0: Mm-hmm. That's there that's,
1: you go. See, and that's what you're trying not to be in this division because if you're going to just go out there and try to outscore your opponents facing number one, number two, and defense in the in the league, you're not going to win those games. Because all you have to do is play enough on offense to score to be adequate, and that's all you need DTR to be is adequate. And you've got to give them at least three, four games. And if the Browns can come out of this four and four, they're still making the playoffs.
0: Yeah, well, that's absolutely right, is that the Browns are in an excellent playoff position, if they can somehow win a few games. And we can say the same thing about the Steelers, is that they are also in the playoff hunt, Mm -hmm. despite the fact that the Steelers have been outgained by their opponents in every single game that they've played this season. That's kind of unbelievable, but it's true. They have been, let's say that again, you heard it here, it's been said through the uh, media and other places, but the Steelers have have been outgained by their opponents in every game that they've played, but they have still managed to come up with a winning record.
1: Well, and that's what happens when you have a defense that gets turnovers, puts your yes. offense in a good position to score. So it's a whole mentality. The also thing that's going to have to set up here is that the – uh, special teams are going to have to step up and help you win a football game. Mm-hmm. Last week, they tried to help you lose a football game.
0: That's right. Moving
1: forward. Special teams have to win you football games. Now I'm not saying that in terms of the kickers, I'm talking about punt returner pro who I don't know, just drops the ball. I mean, by the way, whatever happened to that rule, we got to give a player a yard to catch the football. That's never been enforced. I mean, somebody yeah, I, ought to, like, enforce this at some point. But anyway, I digress again. Yeah,
0: I question what, what happened on that play. I didn't understand that. Um, somebody has to explain that rule to me. But it looked like like the guy crowded him within an inch of his life. But uh,
1: Well, that's but, been going on in the league for a long time, and nobody's calling it. Did I he call there, for a fair catch on that he play? He did call for a fair catch. And what happens when you call <laughs> for a fair catch, the opponents will often – I mean, the Browns do it to people. You run up, like, right in their face – and try to scream and yell at him to get them to drop the ball. You know, so I, my understanding was that you had a yard, you have to give them a yard of space to catch the football. You've asked for a fair catch that that rule has not been enforced since I can remember ever watching football mm-hmm. ever. So
0: yeah. I mean, it- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a masterful job. I mean, it looked like the guy was going to clean his clock completely. So um, yeah, the guy, You know, Crochet looked at the guy that was about to hit him, so it seemed, and took his eye off the ball, and that was that.
1: Yeah, so the defense is going to have to have some help from special teams. The offense is going to have to help. And then the way the offense helps is you've just got to use clock. You've got to keep the defense off the field. A successful drive can be four four, uh, first downs and a punt. That can be a successful drive. Yeah. Okay. Because you've taken four minutes off the clock, right? Four or five minutes off the clock. You may not have gotten points. Maybe you got three points. Okay. But if the defense then can give you the ball inside the red zone, then you get three first downs. That's a touchdown, right? And if you get, you know, situations where you can capitalize on the other team's mistakes, there you go. All you need is the offense to be serviceable get first downs, run the clock, keep the defense off the field. So when they come on the field, they can play lights out, give you the ball back and move on. I want to add one other thing about Kevin Stefanski. Have you noticed that he calls the game differently and that he deals with referees differently? And that I think, I think Jim Schwartz has been a very good influence on Kevin Stefanski. I think Stefanski sees the game a little bit differently now that he's got Schwartz in his ear, how so? I think he sees it more aggressively. Okay. I mean, Stefanski, in my opinion, has always been an aggressive player, aggressive coach, aggressive play caller. But I think he sees the game in terms of not necessarily being an intelligent, technical coach, calling the right technical plays. Now he's willing to line them up and say, you just have at it, and then an, our attitude is going to be better than your attitude, and that's how we're going to win the football game. He's never really been a play, a coach that's instilled attitude into an offense, but I think you can see it in the Browns' offense this year.
0: Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, my my main concern about uh, Stefanski has been that that he needs to be willing to let the opponent uh try to beat us uh with their offense you know that that mm-hmm. you know and one of the examples was that uh we had the opportunity to punt the ball and then have them try to score on a long drive rather than we have to uh, put the ball in the air and try to uh uh end the game with the ball in the hands of our offense. You know, that's tough, I think, for an offensive coach to digest. And we've talked about that play where everybody's saying, oh, we well, should give the ball to Kareem Hunt, and that would be a first down. Well, I don't think it would be a first down. I think it would be a punt. I don't think Which
1: play are you talking about?
0: Um, I, f- I forget. Uh, it was a game that we... Um, a game against Seattle where we lost in, in the last minute. And okay. um, and Stefanski called a pass, and everybody says, You stupid idiot, you never call a pass in that play. You always give the ball to Kareem Hunt, and he always gets three yards. And no, he doesn't uh, because they're he, looking he, for him and they would stop him.
1: Right? But Analytics would tell you say,
0: what I would say is that, yeah, okay, but you punt the ball and you um, you play defense, and everybody would complain. You stupid idiot! You can't give the ball to Hunt because he never makes three yards in that situation. But I, I think that it is okay to go on defense and try to prevent a long touchdown or a, a long, actually field goal drive. You have to just uh, hold them, uh, you know, behind the uh, your own forty-yard line, and mm-hmm. um, that is something that you would have to depend on your defense. You have to have a lot of confidence in your defense in order to go down that road.
1: Well, it will be certainly something to watch with, with Stefanski. How does he adapt his style of play to having to own the idea that this is a defensive game and you need to be defensive to win the game, meaning you can't take all these crazy risks, that risks are actually adverse to you winning. Uh, Because you don't have the personnel on the offense to do this, you now have to have your defense take care of it, which means you have to play safe football, which is literally what the Ravens do, what the Steelers do. They play safe offensive football. I mean, the Ravens, they gave up on the air raid two games into the season. So, I mean, that was the riskiest offense in the history of NFL offenses. And they quit that crap pretty early. So, uh, any parting final thoughts before we wrap this up?
0: Sign Garrett Gilbert.
1: Um, I don't even see him on the free agent list.
0: I think he's a free agent.
1: He probably is, but I don't see him on the list. I see Matt Ryan not, would be interesting. You're Joe
0: not going to sign Joe Flacco, but you could Nick sign Garrett Bowles. Gilbert. You could sign Garrett Gilbert, and Garrett knows the offense. Find the GOAT. Bit. Trace McSorley. You're not going to get the GOAT. But you might get Garrett Gilbert, and he could learn. I'm saying Garrett, Garrett
1: Gilbert's the GOAT, baby. What was that league? He was the dominant player for the Orlando the, Apollos. Uh, yeah,
0: the Alliance of Awful Football. Yeah, they, he was the yeah. GOAT,
1: baby. All right, everybody. Thanks for checking us out this week. Come back next week when we talk about, hopefully, a Browns win over the Squealers.
0: All right. Later later
1: thank you for listening to the cleveland brownie ads please like and follow us on spotify and give us a five-star rating on apple podcasts go browns